Hey everybody, as you probably guessed, internet security is a big deal for me. And nowadays, so much of our information is on the internet, and it only makes sense that we have security to protect it. And IPVanish has made a product that does just that. IPVanish is a virtual private network, or VPN for short. When you use a VPN, all of your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing, IPVanish helps you remain secure on the internet. So go now to IPVanish.com slash breakdown and claim your 65% savings. IPVanish is the best of the best. They're even rated 4.7 out of 5 stars actually on Trustpilot. And that's with more than 6,000 reviews because people love them. Show these guys some love. They're repeat sponsors of The Breakdown. And remember, it's IPVanish.com slash breakdown to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. Go ahead and take this extra step. It's worth it. still in this podcasting world uh was there any doubt for me it was totally doubt really yeah what's 100%. the doubt like i mean for those who know us previously we were on sirius xm for three years yes um you know when that journey was over and then the podcast came up you know there's just kind of like i don't know there's something to be said about podcasters i've always felt like podcasters require uh there's just more on it like there's more effort there's more work you know to being a podcaster like that is someone who took initiative to put their own content out there and I was just like I don't know oh my goodness I mean Sirius XM approached us and so this wasn't our idea right they approached us about a show and then we got in the habit of making a show but podcasters are like people who from day one were like listen I have information that needs to be shared with the world and y'all gonna get it and I'm gonna put it out there are they? Yes. Some podcasters just want to talk smack. But they're still willing to put their content out there on their own. They took their initiative themselves. And so I've always thought, I've always looked at podcasters as people who just got a little bit more confidence, a little bit more oomph on it. I didn't know. I didn't, and I didn't know if the podcast world was going to like us. Well, That's I, the other thing. Can I brag for one minute, Tiffany? May I? Feel free. We had a listener hit us up recently on our website, momentum-advisors.com, because we, we always say, look, we're financial advisors first. If you need help with your personal finances, hit us up. This listener said, your podcast is so important to her. She wishes we could do a daily episode. Lady, it's not going <laughs> to happen, okay? As I mentioned, there's a lot of effort that goes into really is. putting these podcasts out. So again, with SiriusXM, like, you could just be in your car and listen. You don't have to put any effort towards listening to us. When, when we have a podcast, like, people have to download look for stuff. us, download it, go to their app, decide they want to listen. They're not just going to run into it randomly. Yeah. So well, they've done it. And shout they're out here. to the listeners who are, who are listening in and who are telling their friends and forwarding our podcast on. We also had a person say, you know, they found out about us. Because Spotify recommended us. Ooh, we're okay? on the recommended we're list We're being now. recommended now. All right. Hey. Okay? They were looking for, uh, you know, podcasts. I think about 
you know, just finances. And we were one of the recommendations. Yeah. I think Spotify is doing a heck of a job now recommending podcasts. That's great. Don't give Spotify that credit. Whatever algorithm that was, shout out to the (laughs) algorithm. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We also have our Twitter page at Momentum Advice. Yes. And we we get a lot of interaction. We tweet out things. If you hit us up, we will respond 95% of the time. Yeah, unless yeah. you're hating, in which case we might just ignore that tweet. Matter of fact, I'm going to put it out there like this. If you're doing too much, like if you're being really mean and really aggressive, you won't get a response from at Momentum Advice, but you will get a response in your DM from at T.I. Hawkins. That's wow. my personal. Really? Um, I can't defile our professional page, but I talk all types of junk on my personal page. Really? So I you can get it that. there at T.I. Hawkins. Wow. I think that's a threat. That's a promise. It's not a threat. Like if you reach out. <laughs> I'm just going to reach out to you differently. Yeah. That's okay. All. all right. Well, be on the lookout. If you don't like our show, just don't listen. It's all I'm going to say. Babe, seriously, it, it really is. <laughs> no need in discouraging people. I think what's funny is a lot of times because we tweet our shows, like we tweet the content that we're discussing. And a lot of times folks take our content out of context and they're trashing it without having listened. Seriously. Like, I remember we did a show called An LLC is Not a Business. And people are like, yes, it is a business. Like, eh. If you listen. We're just saying an LLC in itself is paperwork. There you go. That paperwork will not bring you any money unless you create a business also. And it may very well cause a tax issue or an IRS issue for you, which we would like to prevent. And I think that's out of love. Everything we do is out of love in this show. So this week we're talking about Trust Fund Babies. Trust Fund Babies. So this is a show that we did, I think, towards the end of our tenure at SiriusXM. And... It turned out to be a really, really fun show and a really important show. And so I think we've got to revamp, clean it up, polish it, and bring that content back to today's episode. Yeah, because we we just believe that this notion of a trust fund is one that gets like thrown Slammed. shade. They yeah. throw shade at this concept. Like how dare, how dare your family leave something for you, you trust fund baby. Yeah, but we want to see more trust fund babies, yeah. especially in minority and black and brown and just diverse communities. We need some trust fund babies, don't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely understand the negative connotation when it comes from people who are in high positions and are telling other people how to make their money and how they should pull themselves up by their bootstraps, yet Everything was provided for them by their family. And then the thought of a trust fund has a negative connotation. That's not what we're talking about necessarily. We are just solely talking about the premise of what a trust fund is and why there is value in having more trust fund babies, as Alan mentioned, especially in the black, brown and minority communities. Yeah. And by the way, we're going to break down the structure of what they are, of how to create them, but also In future episodes, we're going to talk about how to educate your children Mm. so that they can receive these funds and not have it ruin their lives. We've seen both sides. Like We've seen the trust fund baby who has the money's ruined their life. Like they are- Squandered. They they don't have no values. They're not driven. They can't do anything for themselves. They're not hardworking. We've seen that. Yes. And that is evident. That happens. But we've also seen the people that have taken what they've received in trust and they've multiplied it. But you know the common denominator in both of those situations is that in either situation, it's not the trust fund's fault. It's the education and value instilled in that person by their parents that determine which way they are going to take that trust fund. Like The trust fund is a vehicle. It can either drive you to success or drive you to hell. But it's the values and the education that you receive that determine what you do with any money, whether it's in a trust fund or not. 
Yeah, that's a fact. And, you know, we often as financial advisors focus on people's valuables, but the values of the money, the values of how the money was earned, that is the most important inheritance you can leave for your children, your godchildren, whoever you want to leave your money and your assets to. You've also got to leave them those values of hard work, those values of personal responsibility and just fiscal discipline. Like that's got to come along with it. But today we're just talking about the concept of a trust. Right. So first of all, let's just talk about the stereotypes of what a trust fund baby is, right? Typically, it's an overprivileged, spoiled adult child mm. that people just love to hate. Yeah. That's, okay. That's if somebody fact. calls you an adult child, <laughs> they really just mean an old child, just a grown child. Um, other stereotypes, a person who lives lavishly or has a sense of superiority. Like, I'm just better than everybody else. Why are you talking about Donald Trump's kids? Listen. <laughs> I'm just joking. Listen. I have way more. I have way worse things to say about those individuals. Um, a trust fund baby is also, it's a cliche of someone with a trust fund who seems entitled, lazy, stuck up. And again, kind of like this adult child, just an old, uh, someone who just acts like a kid, throws tantrums, doesn't make good decisions, want everything their way. They just happen to be the same age as you. Another cliche is that the view is that they don't know how to make money. They don't know how to lift a finger. They've never worked before. In some cases, they're spoiled brats and they've depended on their parents for their entire lives. Yeah. And then ultimately, it's just someone with no responsibilities. Like you don't have to do anything because you have this money that's available to you. So as Alan mentioned, you don't have a job, don't know how to get a job, don't know how to work, don't know how to do anything for yourself, just basic things. You know, you just, you just, you have nothing to worry about in the world. All is easy and all is well for you. Yeah. But the flip side, and I think you hit on this earlier, Tiffany, is that if someone has created a trust and they use that vehicle, that legal structure to leave money for their children or grandchildren, like there's been some care and concern shown for them. And they have an opportunity to take what was given to them and to multiply and amplify it and to be able to be a, a blessing to them, to the world and to also manage it responsibly. So yeah, we're, we're throwing the shade, but we're going to break it down because we'd like to see more folks inherit money. Yeah. So what is a trust fund? Like on the most basic level, a trust fund is just a fund that holds assets like cash or investments or anything really valuable that's typically set up by a parent. Yeah, and it's and when we say a fund, like it's it's a legal entity. Yeah. So like a trust fund, it might have its own tax ID number. It is legally almost like an it, its own person or organization. It's a legal entity that will hold assets as Tiffany mentioned. Yeah, it's when one person that's usually labeled as the trustor or the grantor, maybe a parent or a grandparent, gives a second party, another person, the trustee which is oftentimes a bank or an attorney, assets or property to hold in trust for a third party, the beneficiary, which is usually a child. Yes. So I'm going to break that down again because I think this is a really important concept. So in any trust, there's three parties. Think about like a triangle, right? With three legs to the, what is it? Legs to a triangle? What is that? Sides? Sides. Okay. Yeah, arms? No legs. Can it be arms? There's no legs <laughs> or right. arms. So picture a, a three-sided triangle. On one side of the triangle it's the grantor, right? That's the person who had the money or the wealth or the business, right. right? They're the ones who wants to give the money away to someone else. Okay. 
Another side to the triangle is the trustee. Yes, this part is important. The sole purpose of this trustee is to follow the guidelines of the trust agreement and to make sure that the assets are protected in a way that benefits the third leg to the triangle or side to the triangle, which is the beneficiary. Like This yeah. is the person ultimately whose money it is. Yeah, I think there are common situations where people have assets that they want to pass down to their family members, um, but they just don't have the legal structure, right? So in a trust, it is just an actual formalized legal structure. A trustee is a very important part of the structure because they are the person who is going to execute upon what you are saying. They are the person that's going to make sure things go to who you want them to go to and how you want it to go to them. Absolutely. So when you think back to that triangle with the three sides, in the middle, that's where the assets are, right? right? The middle, like inside this trust could be homes, it could be stocks and bonds, it could be cash, it could be businesses. But the the beauty of this three-sided triangle is that it, it can't be pierced by outsiders yes. in a lot of cases. Yeah. Like so if there are assets left to this trust fund baby and that trust fund baby goes and gets married, they might not need a prenup. Oh. If the trust is written properly. Oh, hope because I heard that part. As long as those assets are in that trust, a divorcing spouse can't touch that money, nor can some creditor who slips and falls on your mansion or on your yacht, I should say. Um, they can't sue you and get assets inside of that trust because there's creditor protection based on that trust. So that's the value. Like there's a number of values that we're going to talk about to putting a trust together. But one of the values is that, as Alan mentioned, it is supremely protected. And so in the instance of marriage, which I think is super common, right? Like say Lisa gets married to Kevin, right? But okay. Lisa's grandma left her two houses, a stack of cash, and a bunch of jewelry and furs. Oh yeah, okay? furs. Furs. We definitely got to. Okay. We can't forget the furs. What now, kind of furs exactly? Mink. 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 Okay. To the floor. The best. Okay. To the floor. Okay. Mink. Peter is going to boycott us, but keep going. Listen, mind y'all's business. Um, you don't know Lisa's grandmother. <laughs> so, Lisa gets married to Kevin. Okay. Right. But maybe Kevin's not acting right. Maybe we don't, we don't, maybe Kevin's not doing right by Lisa. Yeah. Kevin doesn't appreciate it. You know Lisa. what I mean? Kevin ain't, Kevin wasn't, he ain't where it's at for Lisa. And on the low, I've heard that Kevin belongs to the streets. He, he does. He absolutely does. Kevin definitely belongs to the streets. And now Lisa's finding out. Okay. Okay. Somebody's come to her as a woman. And <laughs> now Lisa's ready to leave. Kevin thinks, well, listen, we got assets. Lisa's grandmother left her two houses, a bag of cash. Jewelry and furs. Minks. Mink furs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some of that got to be mine. Mm. We, even if y'all were living in the house, some of that got to be mine. We stayed there. That's that's our house. We've been living there for the last 15 years. Mm. I'm sorry, Kevin. Yeah. Because no. this was in a trust, yeah. you get none of it. No, yeah. We don't need, and there's no need like for a prenup. There's no need for any, you don't even, don't even waste your time trying to find a lawyer. Because this was in a trust. You don't get any of it. Yeah. As Alan mentioned, also, maybe maybe Lisa never married Kevin. Maybe she found out he was for the streets early. But, you know, maybe she's in a car accident and someone tries to sue her. Mm -hmm. Maybe, as you mentioned, someone, you said somebody fell on her yacht. I'm just going to say somebody fell on the sidewalk of her house. Okay. You know, in any situation where someone tries to come after that person's assets, they might be able to access some of them. 
but whatever's in the trust will not be touched. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. So that's one of the great benefits. Another benefit is how they're structured. Like you can create your structure of the trust in a way where you can from your from the grave decide how that beneficiary can access the money. And what I mean by that is that like I, I for example, at, at Goldman used to have a client that had a trust. And the way that the father made the trust for his son was such that once he turned 21, he would have access to some of the money in the trust. Mm. Only the income though, not the principal. He could touch the dividends and interest. But there was a really key provision. He could only touch the money if he was either in school or working or if he had a business. And if he was earning income, the trust would pay him triple whatever he earned from his job. So if he made 50K, the trust would pay him 150, he'd have 200K of income. If he decided not to work, then all he would get is whatever the dividends and interest were from the portfolio. And so there was a huge incentive for this kid to work or be in school or have a business because if he did not do that, then the trust would not pay out. Now, for me, this is my favorite part of the trust setup, right? Like this is the biggest value add for having a trust is the ability to determine how it's distributed, to be able to put rules around it, right? Because when it comes down to a trust, when people oftentimes receive the assets from a trust, that original person oftentimes isn't here anymore, Yeah, right? Like they, they've passed on. And so now these assets have been passed down to you. But like most black women choose to do, we come back from the grave, <laughs> okay? And we are going to be in your business regardless of whether we are dead or alive. So to your point, I think as we mentioned earlier, you never want these type of assets or you never want your child or your beneficiary to come into a meaningful amount of assets and then they just wild the hell out, mm -hmm. right? You can prevent that with a trust. You can say as element, you can put all types of rules around it. They don't get any money until they graduate from college. You know, they don't get any money until they um, have a job or they get a certain amount of money once they get married and an additional amount when they look to purchase a house. Or as you mentioned, if you're only making a certain income, you're only going to get a certain portion of these assets at a time. It's the ability to shape how these assets have an impact on these people's lives at various points. I think that is the most beautiful part of a trust for me because you're not just walking away from a lump sum of whatever and saying, hope you make the right decisions. You are saying you're only going to receive these things in the ability to make sure you make the right decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the final thing, I guess, with this trust, again, it's the same idea of being able to add these incentives. You can also just have simple hurdles. Like if you are tw 21, you get access to this percentage. If you're 35, you get access to this percentage. When you're 50, you get access to that percentage. So there are ways to sort of, uh, to Tiffany's point, create some discipline or create some hurdles that will protect that money to make sure that you don't squander it. Like one of our other clients ha has a trust. He, um, you know, what's funny about this, this client is the nicest guy ever. His mom passed away when he was a young kid and his mom just had a million dollars in life insurance. It wasn't, you know, $20 million or some absolutely absurd sum. Um, he was raised by an aunt and, uh, and uncle and the trust basically said, look, this is to help you to pay for college and buy a house and whatever's left over, you know, goes to your kids eventually. Very simple trust. This kid though, like just a great kid, like a perfect example of the kid who does well by the trust. 
you know, he went to law school and he went, you know, obviously went to college and he does a ton of pro bono work and he's not really touched a ton of the principal in that trust. He's allowed those dividends and interest to pay for a lot of his education, but he's also gone out and figured out a way to earn a living. And when he became of that age where he could take the money out of the trust, you know what we told him? Said, even though you can, probably shouldn't, right? Because of that, that notion of creditor protection that's very powerful in a trust, keep it in there. Yes, you still have to have a trustee that determines if you can take the money out or not, but it will protect you from a divorcing spouse, from some other creditor, and that's one of the big values of that trust. So I know we have to go to break, but there are two things that you mentioned that I want to highlight first. So first thing that you mentioned is that what was in the trust was the insurance proceeds yes. from an insurance policy, mm-hmm. right? So there's always just this assumption that somebody's family member made a ton of money and that's what's put in the trust. It can just be the insurance proceeds mm-hmm. from your insurance policy. You can put that in a trust. It doesn't matter what you have made personally yourself, put the insurance policy in the trust, put those proceeds in there. And then again, you can put the rules around and shape how that money is distributed to make sure that things happen in a way in which you want them to happen. You also mentioned creditor protection, right? I know we talked about protection earlier. That's even from creditors, bankruptcy, a variety of things that just happened. You don't have to be a bad person, but sometimes life gets rough and these things happen. If you have assets inside of a trust, those creditors cannot touch what's inside of there, right? So I think you're starting to hear why having a trust seems like a no-brainer. You don't actually have to have any assets, right? Like you don't, this isn't about something bigger than what it is. This is about making sure you are protecting what you are passing down to whoever is important to you with some rules and some shape around it with an infinite amount of protection. Yeah. Okay, so stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to thenorthstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. We are back. Yes. We are talking about trust fund babies. Trust fund baby. Yeah. That's, I mean, listen. There's a rapper coming out called Trust Fund Baby. There isn't a rapper coming out. So there was already, there's like an artist that that's named Trust Fund Baby, I think. It's not a rapper. I don't, I don't know what type of music it is. Um, but trust fund babies are the type of babies that we should be wanting to have. Yeah. Right? Like, I think about Bebe's kids. That was a test tube baby. Mm. <laughs> Not so much. Even though, you know, that works for certain people. Maybe that's a whole nother thing that we don't talk about on yeah, this I think, show. I think that's inappropriate. Yep. That's whatever y'all want to do. Yeah. Whatever works for you. Shame on you. Whether you have a test tube baby or not, you would like for them to be a <laughs> trust fund baby, though. Okay? is all I'm saying. Whatever type of baby you have. Yeah. 
Making God, them a trust fund baby is very helpful. God bless the children, by the way. All of them, right? So various people do things a variety of different ways, right? Like I think we started off in the beginning by just identifying what a trust fund is, the values of a trust fund, a lot of the perks of having a trust fund. But you could really do this thing your own way, right? Yes. So Warren Buffett, I think we all... Ever heard of Warren Buffett? That's my uncle. That's your uncle. My imaginary. Then you damn sure better have a trust fund. In if my that's mind, your uncle. uncle. Actually, I probably don't because yeah, he's not giving away a ton of money to his family. Right. So Warren Buffett, he has trust for his children, but his philosophy is very different. His philosophy is that you should give your children enough to do anything, but not enough to do nothing. Yeah. You're not gonna sit your ass at home <laughs> uh, messing around with Warren Buffett. Um, even though he's a billionaire, um, he's a billionaire investor, he's pledged most of his money to philanthropy. He's given most of his money away. Um, his son, Peter Buffett, received $1 billion for nonprofit work and $90,000 in stock for personal use at the age of 19. Wait, wait, wait. So he got like less than 100 grand to hear me, live. Hear me one more time. But a billy to spend on charity? His father said, I'm going to give you a billion dollars to give away. Mm. And I'm going to let you hold this $90,000 in stock, <laughs> right? So that helps a little bit, right? It's not just $90,000. Warren Buffett's known for picking a couple of good stocks, yeah. right? So I'm going to give you $90,000 of invested assets. You know, if you leave it alone, it'll grow. If you don't, that's kind of, it is what it is. But you got to give a billion away. Bet money, I could probably guess what Peter Buffett went and did. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? If he was... Listen, as creative as I am, you start a nonprofit. That's all I'm saying. If your father has required you to give a billion dollars away to charity, you got to start a charity. Yeah. I mean, you, that's you what you got to go do. Yeah. But that, some people think that's crazy. Like, listen, I, you, I've made, you've made billions and billions of dollars and you're not going to pass it all down to your children. That's just not his way. That's not his value system. Yeah. But today, again, we're talking about the, the, the trust. And I, I think for a lot of us, we'd be very... Uh, very happy to leave $90,000 to our kids. Yeah, but not if you have $85 billion <laughs> And Warren Buffett actually he is worth for $85 billion, and you're going to give me $90,000 in invested assets? Yeah. Listen. What would you What would you say to your pop? Um, so I have a lot like of respect that. for my father. Yep. You know what I mean? So what would you so say to him? I have a lot of respect for elders in general. Okay. I My, my genuine response would come from my heart. Is you a damn lie? <laughs> I'm like, and I would, that was, that would be the natural response for me, right? Like, use a damn lie. You care more about those, <laughs> those homeless people than me? That's not even, like, I wouldn't even think about it like that. Like, you must be out your mind. Like, I've been a great child. And listen, my parents will tell you, I've done all the things I'm supposed to do. I've done all the things that you've asked me to do. You, you don't trust the person that you've raised? All right. So what per, what ratio would you want? Because obviously a billion to 90,000 doesn't work for you. What ratio? They, your parents want you to have money for charity, but what percentage should be charity versus your own personal? I think that I need <laughs> a, like, <laughs> can I get a half a bill? Like, can I get a half a billion? You know what I mean? Like a half a billion, just here. So that's $500 million, right? Yeah. Again, for someone who's worth $85 billion, yeah. a half a half a billion, right? Yeah. That just allows me to potentially start a business, buy a home. Um, there's just, 
I'm just saying, like, I think this is the thing. This is the part that nobody talks about. And, you know, like, this is what they don't want to say. <laughs> Warren Buffett doesn't really bang with his kid like that. Like, he must know something about Peter that we don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? He must know that Peter is not responsible. That has to be the case. I don't think that's the if case. If you, you have three children, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just going to pick one. Your daughter. You know she's going to kill it. Whatever it is that she decides to do in life, she's going to work hard. Mm-hmm. She's going to be responsible. And she's going to give it her best. Mm-hmm. You're not worried about handing anything down to her. You may want to determine how it happens. But you're not like, I got to limit what we give her because she going to wild out. Yeah. Well, you got to realize this, Joe. Like, for, for black people, it's a very different equation because we've never had the chance to accumulate anywhere near that wealth on average. Like, I don't know that Warren Buffett is completely self-made. I, I don't. I just don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know if his parents left him a hundred thousand, which is like the equivalent of a million dollars. You know what I mean? And, and and so for for our children, when I'm one of the first people to really build material wealth, I will likely want to leave a lot more of that in the family. But I will say I admire the fact that Buffett cared enough about the world. You know, because I think it's bigger than, than than his kids at this point. Yeah, like he's sending a message that we've got we have a burden from this wealth. That it's not just for our own consumption, it's also for the world. Yeah. And a lot of the things that Buffett's putting money towards, a lot of it's going to Africa, a lot of it's going towards kids, a lot of it's going towards the environment. And these are things that, you know, he, he was able to create this wealth. And if it weren't for a man like him, a lot of these social problems, world problems, environmental problems, they they wouldn't get the attention. Because the other thing that he's done is he's inspired other people to do the same thing. Like his buddy, Bill Gates. Bill Gates has given away most of his money to yeah. charity. So I'm not mad at Uncle Warren. Here's I definitely understand your perspective if this was your dad. Here's the thing, right? Like I am a person who believes that you are blessed to be a blessing. And so the more that you are blessed, the more you are able to bless others. And so I'm down for what Warren Buffett is doing. Um, but again, like I said, Warren knew something about Peter wasn't right. Because we know what Peter did with this money. We're aware of what You're Peter crazy. did with this money. No, it's actually documented what yeah, Peter sure. did with this money. Um, Peter took this money and he started a career as a musician. You damn right. So, just for just to put it into context, I'm not exactly sure of the genre, but if he went and became a rapper, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like of all the things that. You could do of all that your father has exposed you to as, with all the charity and uh, just just access you have. You take this money and become a musician. There's nothing wrong with that. But you probably only need 90000 for that. I'm just saying. I can see why the number is what it is. You, you know what? That's enough. Yeah. Well, he also has another son, Howie. Okay, Howie. And, and Howie, by the way, like you, have, you remember those feed bags? Yes, absolutely. And every bag that was bought, it was going towards feeding people. Like that, that's a Buffett child. There you go. Nonprofit endeavor. So like Howie is a businessman. He's a philanthropist. Come on. He's also a photographer. There you go. And a farmer. Listen, that's free. (laughs) You can do that easily. You know, so what I'm getting at is like, you know, yeah, there's going to be the rapper but there's going to be the other kid that that is really embodying a lot of the leadership. But I like that you're giving your kid options, though. Like, yeah. I'm not mad that he became a musician. I doubt he's a rapper, but Has I'm not. Has anybody heard his album? Has anybody heard of, can somebody <laughs> oh, go to Apple Music and look fire. up Peter Buffett? It's fi- Let I know, me know what's popping. I know it's fire. If anybody would just volunteer to go to Apple Music, Spotify, <laughs> uh, look up Peter Buffett, 
let me know if it's popping. Let it hit us up at Momentum Advice and let us know what it's hitting for. Oh my god. Because I know I've never heard it on <laughs> on any radio station. And I like several genres of music. So if anybody's got that he has Peter some, Buffett all right, fire. I looked up his albums. Okay. He's got um Spirit, The mm-hmm. Seventh Fire, Yono Yonomoto. <laughs> right. Just he's somebody... also he's also won an Emmy Award. Sure. If so, anybody just will take a listen to the music for us and just that. get back to us on Peter Buffett, is he spitting hot fire or no? <laughs> um, but I know we're joking a lot, but ultimately what I like the most is that Warren Buffett has the ability to make these decisions. He has the ability to craft how this works for his children, whether he's alive or not. He happens to be alive. He happens to be alive when his children receive their trust fund. But in some instances, unfortunately, that's not the case. And so the value of a trust, again, is providing ultimate protection around assets and also being able to be a part of the determining factor on how these assets get distributed in a way that you think is helpful and conducive to your beneficiary. And let's go back to this notion of, you know, why, right? Because the, the thing about the trust fund baby, I know we bashed them at the beginning, but these trust fund kids have an advantage over a lot of other kids, yeah. right? Like a lot of times they don't have to worry about taking out student loans. They can go into their career choices without financial anxiety. They can do things like become a rapper or a musician and not have to worry about, you know, being able to support themselves. They have money for a down payment on a home. They can put their kids through college. There's a lot of benefits that come from their parents planning that we want to make sure starts to accrue to some people that look like us. Yeah, 100%. And like, I think that's one of the greatest values. I think that's what we all want for our children. Right. And I think we're just trying to help you understand why a trust fund is the proper vehicle to be able to do this in the most appropriate manner. Because to Alan's point, there are so many of us personally who are dealing with these issues that you just talked about. Student loan debt, you know, wanting to purchase a home, but not having a down payment, having children that you want to be able to put through college, but you're not going to be able to. And it's just not doesn't mean that you haven't worked really hard. It's just that things haven't worked out that way. You want to make sure that your children or just the children in your life can avoid some of those issues if you can help. And luckily, you don't have to be alive necessarily to make sure that happens thanks to a trust fund. And here's some stats around trust. So it's estimated that only about 2% of Americans have inherited money from trust funds. That's not enough. 98% are not. Yeah. And the median amount's about $285,000, which means, again, it's not this, it doesn't have to be for the ultra rich to have a trust fund. Yeah. The average amount is closer to $4 million, so that median means there's a lot of folks that are doing small trusts, and then there's a bunch of folks doing really big ones. But again, this is not a concept that only belongs to the ultra-rich. Sometimes we don't realize just how many assets we have, right? Like mm-hmm. we're thinking about how much cash we have in the bank necessarily, but just because you're not living this ultra-high, refined, expensive lifestyle, it does not mean that you don't have things to pass down. As we mentioned earlier, maybe you have a business. Um, maybe you have some stocks. A home. A home, right? Like maybe you have an insurance policy. Yes. Again, I know the thought is, listen, I got an insurance policy. I put them down as the beneficiary. That's enough. Yeah, no. Putting it in a trust provides, again, another layer of protection that's super, super important. And again, it allows you to be able to determine how these assets are passed down to this person. God forbid you pass away and your beneficiary is nine years old, right? Absolutely. Now, does that money go to their caretaker, which may be their father who you're no longer married to? I'm just saying. Yeah, and now he's responsible fact. for these funds and he just going to run it up. 
He been wanting a bike for however long. <laughs> motorcycle. You know what I mean? He been wanting that motorcycle for however long. Not a pedal bike. Right. And, and by the time your child is old enough to really benefit from these assets, it's gone. Right. So these are some of the reasons why, again, you want to put these things in a trust, the ability to determine how it's distributed and the ability to protect it. Yeah, because we're going to do a show in the future on estate planning generally. And the, the thing about estate planning, if you don't do it, it gets done for you. Right. And like if you are married, let's say you're on your second marriage and you have kids from the first marriage, if you don't do the right planning, if you predecease that spouse, all of your assets go to that spouse. Right. And then that spouse might decide to leave everything to his or her kids. And your kids might be completely left out. Right. right. So we've got to do this planning. And this notion of a trust is just one aspect to the planning. There's also an interesting statistic that most family-owned businesses, over 70% of family-owned businesses do not make it to the second generation. Yeah. Right? Like they're not, they die with the person who was running the business. They're not passed down. Their equity in the business isn't necessarily passed down. The assets that were in that business are not necessarily passed down. That's unfortunate, right? Especially if that business helps support the family, right? Or helps build a certain amount of wealth. Not only do you want to pass down the wealth, but you want to also be able to pass down the creator, the thing that helped create that wealth. And that's the business. And that's something that oftentimes happens inside of a trust. Absolutely. So let's talk about types of trusts and how to create them. So there's basically two major types of trusts. The first is revocable. The second is irrevocable. So revocable simply means that it could be changed at any time. Right. Irrevocable means it can't be changed ever. Like irrevocable, when we talk about that type of trust, like that's the type that has the creditor protection kind of built in because it can't be changed. But the downside to that type of trust is it can't be changed. So if you take money, you put it in, in an irrevocable trust, and then you need that money back, you can't do it. So let's talk first about this concept of the revocable trust. So a revocable trust we think a lot of people should own. This is the type of trust, again, you can change it at any time. You yourself are the grantor and you're the beneficiary and you're the trustee. So all three sides to the triangle, that's you. So you trust yourself a whole lot yes. with your own assets to make the right decisions by yourself. Yes. The reason why you do a revocable trust is not for you. It's for... Because it feels very me, myself, and I. Yeah, it's for your beneficiaries, right. right? So the revocable trust, it will often become irrevocable to the beneficiaries, right? So like it's a trust while I'm alive for my benefit, but if I'm gone, it might create a new trust that's irrevocable. But the power of this trust is that it avoids probate. So if you pass away, um, there's something called a probate process. You have to go to court. People can come and contest your will and say, you know, I know it says that, but he or she owed me $100. Like they can come and say that they right. were, were due some money from that and will. And we hear about this oftentimes with family when somebody passes away. Unfortunately, the family gets to fighting over the assets, over what they believed they should have or what they believe is owed to them from that family member who's no longer there to speak on their own behalf. Yeah, for sure. So when you die and you have a revocable trust, you avoid probate. Like there is no court process. Like it doesn't get put in the newspaper that, you know, John Smith 
his probate for his estate is happening on this date at this time in this location. There's nobody to show up for that because whatever's in that trust gets shielded from that process. So imagine if you put your home in the trust, you put your bank account in this revocable trust, you put all of your investments in the revocable trust. You might have a little bit of money outside the trust in your in your checking account or something like that. The checking account goes to probate, but not all those assets. The assets will go to the beneficiary by definition of how that trust is being written out. Like we've had clients unfortunately pass away and we've seen beneficiaries get paid out inside of 30 days, right. like wrapped up. Like think about in your family when folks have died and they've had any amount of assets, how long it takes for the estate to be wound down. We've seen millions of dollars change hands in less than 30 days all because they used a revocable trust. Another word for revocable trust is a revocable living trust. Or, um, in the words of Nene Leakes, I said what I said, trust. (laughs) So we talked about avoiding probate, having quick access to the money. There's also the benefit of like while you're living, if you become disabled or physically incapable of managing your affairs, the revocable trust really just make sure that there's someone who can step up to manage those affairs on your behalf. Again, it's a great tool for estate planning. This is like optional though. The revocable trust is optional. It's really for folks who have a good amount of assets. Maybe they're well-known, right? Like if I don't, if I, a lot of people know me and they might come for me, right. then a revocable trust is a great idea. But I'd say that the, re, the revocable trust is definitely an optional trust. The next type is I think mandatory, and that's the irrevocable trust. Again, this is a trust that can't be modified, it can't be changed, and this is one where it could be created in your will. So if you have a will, you can create what's called a testamentary trust, right? Which means don't just leave the money to uh, Bebe's kids. (laughs) You leave the money to the trust, and you'd make that an irrevocable trust. Like if there's a trust in your will, it's called a testamentary trust, it can't be changed because you're no longer here anymore. Got you. Right? And so that type of trust, I think, is the mandatory thing. Like everybody's will should have a testamentary trust built into it. Other types of irrevocable trust, the simple example that we talked about earlier with our, our client who received life insurance proceeds, it's an ILIT. I-L-I-T. It stands for Irrevocable Life Insurance Trust. Now, this is like a trust that you, you, you fill out the paperwork while you're alive. You don't really put much into it, but you name the beneficiary on your policy, not your children or grandchildren. You name this trust as the beneficiary. So you don't fund it while you're alive, but you fund it at death with your life insurance proceeds. This to me is something that everybody should have. Like if you are, if you have an insurance policy, if you've put the money towards an insurance policy, you should want to care that not only does your beneficiary receive that money without issue and quickly, but that they receive it in the way that you want them to receive it. So much so, again, that it doesn't ruin their lives or it doesn't allow for them to just make very, very irresponsible decisions. So with an eyelet, again, you set the paperwork up, You don't put anything in it, and upon death, it is funded with the insurance benefit. I love it. I love it. So we're going to continue to talk about trust. Stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. It's the pathway to freedom. It's 
Hi, this is Donnie Rose, Chief Content Editor here at The North Star, encouraging you to check out thenorthstar.com every day for insightful, engaging commentary on the stories that impact our culture. The writers at The North Star make it our mission to advocate, mobilize, agitate, and disrupt in the name of creating liberation-centered content. We unapologetically center the narratives of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. We understand that you can get news from anywhere, so we are more interested in offering perspective that speaks to the experiences of our audience. We write freely and with freedom on our minds. We invite you to indulge in our daily editorials and engage in the dialogue that will change the world. We are still talking about a trust. And trust from babies. And trust from babies. Do you trust me, Alan? I trust you. Good. Okay, good. Because you need trust in order to set up a trust. You you need to trust that someone's going to do right by your assets in order for you to set up a trust fund. Oh, she's spitting now. I'm just saying. It's getting good in here. So I think we've talked about a lot, right? We've talked yes. about what an actual trust fund is, the mm-hmm. benefits, the values, the different types of trust funds out there. Mm-hmm. So I think y'all are pretty clear on how important this is, how valuable this is, how necessary this is. But, I mean, I don't know how to do it. I mean, like, how do I, where do I get started? All right. So since you asked, okay. Tiffany, okay. why don't we talk about how to create a trust fund? So the first thing you will need to do is get an attorney. Yes. Like, your not mans in them cannot do this, unless your mans in them is an attorney. But not just any attorney. There you go. You really want to find a trust and estate attorney. Yeah. Not the guy that chases ambulances. Right. Not the attorney that you would call if you're, you know, somebody was needed to get bailed out and, and right. to represent them in a criminal matter. Like, not the attorneys that have the commercials with the jingles. Like, like their number rhymes. Big Al. Or Big Al. Or yeah, 1-800-CALL-SAW. Shout out to Baltimore. Um, you know what I mean? Like not not that attorney, no shade, right? Like when you, you know, get in a car accident and all that, definitely call them, hit them up. Please do. But for this particular instance, you want to find an estate or a trust focused attorney. Yeah. A T and E lawyer would be like the lingo if you want to sound fancy. I need a T. You were you were very close to walking a line. Uh oh, you gotta tell me what I almost said. TNA. Oh my gosh. Everybody Tiffany. heard it. Everybody heard it. Nobody's I didn't know where you were going that. for a second. T and E, trust in the state. No, no one's thinking trust in a state. There's a guaranteed <laughs> fact that no one listening to this podcast thought you were going to say trust in a state. We all thought you were going to TNA. Oh my gosh. Now I didn't know where we were going from there. Where did I get this uh, partner from? But so yes, you want a T and E attorney. Yeah. And we've taken the time to construct a national list of black trust and estate attorneys in every state, almost every state. Almost every state. Every state where we have clients. We don't have clients in like South Dakota. Yeah, Nebraska, I can't do nothing for you. Yeah. If if you're if you know of a black trust and estate attorney that or you want to Or if you are one, hit us up. Yeah, send us a tweet. We'll add you to the list. Send us, send us your contact info because we get a lot of flow of people that need estate planning. And the thing about an estate plan, you have to find someone that's located or barred in your state. If they're not barred in your state, they're not aware of the laws of your state, right. and they're all very different. So step one is you got to find a trust in a state attorney. Um, your trust is one part of an estate plan, though. We'll do a whole show on estate plans, but you want to ask them, you want to tell them about your assets and your goals. And 
you know, you'll you'll tell them about the types of trust that you're aware of. There's revocable, there's irrevocable. There's the ILIT, I-L-I-T. But you you want them to kind of guide you a little bit. Yeah, you also, to Alan's point, you want them to get to know you so that they can help you, as Alan mentioned, guide you towards the proper direction of not only what type of trust you can get, but maybe help you frame some of the rules or stipulations that you want to put in your trust. Like this trust is responsible for overseeing the distribution of your assets um, according to your specific details. So they want to have a thorough understanding of why you're making the decisions that you're making. Absolutely. So the, the basic package that every T&E lawyer, trust in a state lawyer, mm-hmm. Tiffany. Yes. If ba- y'all find a T&A lawyer, <laughs> uh, and I, listen, y'all might have <laughs> one of them on retainer, um, but this they, they're not going to be able to help you with this matter. Oh I'm gosh. sure they are. I would like to find a TNA lawyer no, if there's such a no, thing. You, no, <laughs> that sounds expensive. Um, but yes, a T and E lawyer. <laughs> you're, you're, you're crazy. I'm not. You're a crazy person. Nobody on the planet, no one listening to this podcast for one second thought you were going to say T and E, unless they were a lawyer. Any other listener who has any other occupation thought you were going to say T and A. Okay. All right. And then somebody would have, Willis would have cut in Luke, and then the show would have gone off the rails at that point. This is not about big booty hoes. Okay. This is about trust funds to protect your wealth, lady. But if you do have said woman in your life (laughs) and you want to leave her some assets, you should consider a trust for her. It doesn't just have to be your child, it could be. As Alan referred to a big booty hoe, that matters to you mm. beyond the grave. Okay. All right. That's a that's a beautiful concept for someone. There's yeah. probably an attorney that also works at the strip club. No, there isn't. There they probably know, is because they're always way through school. They're always in law school working or college or something. True. Shout there out might to be, y'all. There might be a TNA lawyer out there. Shout out to y'all. Yeah, big shout to them. They might be on OnlyFans. Who knows? Wow. I don't know. But let's go. Let's go back. So you you first find that trust in a state attorney. You convey to them what your assets are and what your aspirations are. And, and you might suggest that, hey, I'm aware of a revocable trust and, and also this concept of an irrevocable trust and, and have them talk through it with you. The basic package will always include a will and powers of attorney. Now, within that will, the simple way to create a trust for your kids in the future is to create a testamentary trust, which is really just a segment of your will that says, at my death, put this money into a trust for my kids. That's the simple way. The more advanced way is to create, like you know, Tiffany mentioned this ILIT, this irrevocable life insurance trust, to create that document now, you know, that, that might be in the more advanced package. It might cost a few more hundred dollars to get that document. And then the, the premium package would be the revocable living trust. And that, again, is the trust that enables you to have complete control of your assets while you're alive. No creditor protection at all, but at your demise, it might create some additional vehicles that will protect your kids in the future. Right. So you found this lawyer. They've helped you kind of determine uh, what package or what type of trust you're going to move forward with. The next step is that you really need to determine who is getting assets, Mm -hmm. and how you want them to receive them. I think that part is just really, really important. I think that's one of the greatest values of having a trust. It's being able to determine to put in some markers, maybe some tentpole moments, maybe some age barriers, just a variety of things that have to take place 
in order for that person to receive whatever portion of your assets. Ideas that we've already highlighted, maybe there's some age breaks. At the age of 18, they get a certain amount. At the age of 21, they get another amount. At the age of 30, they get a different amount or tentpole moments. So once they get into college, they get a certain amount. Once they graduate, they get another amount. Once they get their first job, maybe once they get married, are looking to purchase a house, have children, you know, so you can break it down into how much they receive per moment. Yeah. Or one of these incentives, like if you've started a business or you're working a job for every dollar you earn, maybe you can take 50 cents out of the trust, out of the trust principle. Like there's a lot of ways to skin that cat for sure. Yeah. So once you do that and you really want to think through that, you don't want to make that an emotional decision. That's something that you probably want to sit down with, um, not with that person, because uh, they're going to try to talk you into something that maybe doesn't suit you. But really just have some time with yourself and really frame that out and then talk to your lawyer about it and make sure it makes sense. Make sure it's something that seems suitable. Then you want to start drafting your documents. You want to start getting your trust documents drafted. That will outline these provisions that restrict the use of the trust funds. There may be, you may want to put something in place where it says you don't receive any money if this happens. You know what I mean? If you don't go to college, if you don't get a job, whatever the case is, you might want to put some things in there that shut this whole thing down and then warm buffet it and say, listen, if you don't, if you decide to become a rapper, all of it's got to go to charity. I love it. I love it. And then the final, final, final thing is you might have to retitle some of your accounts or even your home. So if you want to put something inside the trust, then the asset has to be titled that way. So for example, if it's a revocable living trust, you need your bank account not to say Jane Smith, but to say the revocable living trust for Jane Smith. And that creates it as an asset that's inside the trust. What's also cool about these revocable trusts is you can name it whatever you want to name it, like to create some anonymity. So you could call it the the Blue Scully mm. Trust. Okay. That's the hat that I was wearing. Got you. I was morning. thinking something way more sophisticated. Okay. But, you know, just I, I think for myself, the Hawkins Family Trust. I love it. Right? That feels very elegant, regal and elegant. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know about the Blue Scully. Um, maybe you have a favorite food it's or more a favorite street. restaurant. Yeah, it's you more know street. what I mean? The collard greens and yams <laughs> trust. Um, yams everywhere trust. Listen, it's up to you. It's your freedom. Like no one can judge you, right? There's true. nothing they can do about it. It's still legit. This is true. So there's also like a what I'm going to call a poor man's trust. Wait a minute. Yeah, there's a simple way to create a trust account and it is a UTMA account. Or a UGMA account. Oftentimes called a UTMA or a UGMA. Yep. Those are horrible, horrible. nicknames. But Hor- If somebody calls you UGMA, they're <laughs> not talking about a trust and you got to steal them. That's all I'm saying. They'll be ready to fight. Yeah. UTMA stands for Universal Transfers to Minor Account. UGMA is Universal Gift to Minors Account. These are like, again, poor man's trust. You can open this account without a lawyer. You go to a bank and say, I want to open up an UPMA account. You can't put all these stipulations on the trust. You, yeah, you don't get all the extras. Yeah. You at, don't get all the extras. At either 18 or 21, depending on your state, they get the money. Right. You don't need yeah. Point blank. Period. One day, it's going to happen. You probably don't get to decide when, and it's going down, and that's it. And so I don't, I don't like the term poor man's trust. I like, you know- the trust on a budget, perhaps? Yes. You know, something like I think that because if you're getting a trust, I feel like you are you are not a poor man. And by that, I mean doesn't mean you're not necessarily poor in assets, but you are you are rich in mind 
am rich in responsibility and you're mindful and you have this education and knowledge to do the right thing. So I don't think you should be called a poor man. But No, I agree. And it's not meant to be a pejorative. Just meant to say that this is the low, the low, low way to do it. Yes. How about that? That's there the low. The, the low, low. For the low, low. Yeah. The for, for the low, low trust. Yeah. And um, the final thing on trust, because we're almost out of time, is just I want to, let me paint a picture for a minute. Okay. Paint right? a picture. Imagine you have life insurance already, right? And imagine it's permanent life insurance, either whole life or universal life insurance. Imagine if you continue to pay those premiums, but just again, have the beneficiary be the trust. Like that's a really, you know, simple, simple strategy that can help to get some assets out of your estate into your kid's estate. And it doesn't cost a ton of money to do that. It's, you know, maybe $1,000 in legal fees to get that irrevocable life insurance trust. And you've now created a vehicle that is guaranteed to pay out to the kids at some point and to have some creditor protection. I like that. One last thing I'm going to say really quickly. So I know we said you need to kind of get a lawyer, but say that this is really important to you. This is something that you really want to do for your family, but you just don't have the ability. You cannot afford a lawyer. We know these lawyers' fees are out of control. You can go online. There are certain online platforms. There are websites like Trust Egg. I will go to LegalZoom. There are other platforms, again, that will help you. Rocket Lawyer. Rocket Lawyer, for sure, that will help you put together these trust documents. Trust on the Lolo.com. That, that does not exist. No, that's that not is not available. I, I made that up. Somebody buy the domain, though. Um, but something to think about, right? Like, we definitely want you to do this the right way. But again, if your assets, if you don't have the money right now to be able to hire a lawyer, but this is super important to you and you really see the value, maybe you start there. And then when you have the money, you then can have a lawyer take a look at it and make any updates that are necessary. Yes. All right. That's it. We got to go. Yeah. So we trusted y'all to listen. And hopefully you trust us to deliver good information, but we hope you found value in this. And we hope we gave birth to some trust fund babies today. For sure. Shout out to Willis um, at the North Star for making these podcasts sound great. And Sean and Ray for believing in us. Absolutely. Um, Listen to us on all podcasting platforms, but also check us out on the North Star. There are other podcasts that you want to listen to, other really, really good content you want to read. And if you listen to us, download a podcasting app. And listen there. That that gives us the credit for actually that you listen versus on social media or some other True. format. True. And, since, and give us a rating. Why yeah, as not? I say, since we're asking for stuff, please leave a review. That's very helpful um, for us. That keeps us on air. That yes. lets people know that you're listening and also helps encourage new listeners to tune in. So please, whatever platform you listen to, shout us out. Leave us a review. Tell people what you think. Tell us what you think. It really matters to us. And again, hit us up on Twitter at Momentum Advice. And if you really do want us to review your personal financial profile, hit us up at www.momentum-advisors.com. We out. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Momentum. Momentum.